You're listening to the Platte River Bard. Creatives, sisterhood, a broad shared vision, ambition, community. That's what Becky Boson and Petra Walquist have accomplished together. Two talented and driven creatives brought Blick's Storefront Theater to life. Their theater is bringing communities together with performing arts, not just in Lincoln, but all over the state. Nebraska is lucky to have these two incredible women supporting creatives in many relevant and important ways. Today, we bring you a genuine and honest conversation about their work, and we share about their new upcoming season. You'll find all about it here on the Platte River Bard. Hello, hello, and welcome to the Platte River Bard. This is Chris Berger. And I'm Sherry Berger. And we are here at Blixt. We are actually here in person at Blixt. We are here with Becky Boson, the co-founder and executive director, and... Petra Walquist, the co-founder and managing director, and she's also with Nebraskan for the Arts. Thank you very much for having us here at your place. Yes, it's so you. exciting to have you here. Thank you for coming. Yes, thank you for being here. Oh, thank you. And Petra, you are a returning guest yes. on our podcast, so friend of the podcast. Thank That's you. right. Thank you for uh, coming out and, and visiting with us here. Oh, we love it. And Becky, you're new. Welcome. Yes. I'm a noob. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for talking to us. Thank you. Mm-hmm. So you have a lot of exciting things happening. We are actually mm. sitting in their new space yes, indeed. that they are in the process of finishing mm-hmm. and it's beautiful so far oh, thank yes you. thank you so you have a whole season coming up i mean i know you've done some things in september already but do you i thought we would talk a little bit about what's coming up soon yeah so, absolutely yeah for great. sure it's coming up very soon it's coming yeah. up very very soon yeah no you're, you're doing jean uh, even uh, i think next week next weekend yep it's, a week uh, from saturday yeah, on 15th. october 15th yeah. so Something that Petra and I are both passionate about as co-founders of Blixt is not only championing new work, but championing Nebraska creatives and the capacity we have to build world-class work throughout Nebraska and greater Nebraska. And so um, I think a dream that we've both always shared is the idea of making the landscape a little more accessible for creatives so people don't feel like they, I mean, if you want to go to New York or LA, could do that. But we want to keep some of that talent here. And so we've really put a focus this season on uh, Nebraska talent, which is exciting. And that's what our season reflects. Yeah. Yeah. So Jean is by Anne Truca, and kind of going back to last season too, we launched a fellowship for young playwrights, uh, Nebraska playwrights, and Anne was one of our fellows. Ah. And so this um, work, Jean, is kind of a continuation of that, you know, putting it in our season. So we're really excited about that. Yeah, we'll have two shows at Innovation Campus at the Mill, um, two and seven on October 15th, like you said. the Mill are great friends of ours, too, so we're so thankful to be able to do some shows there while we finish up here, as you said, before yeah. we can host in our own space. Oh, I see that. Yeah, and so this is a one-person play. This is a one-person play, and it's so charming. And worked on this play throughout last year and then launched a sort of workshop performance at Nebraska Westland, where they are now a graduate of. 
And um, I saw it. Anne was my playwriting student for several years at Nebraska Wesleyan and just fell in love with it. Huh. You know, when we, when we look at stories of characters and particularly non-binary characters who don't receive enough representation on stage currently, we're always looking for work that brings people closer together. And I think you would be hard pressed to find someone who doesn't fall in love with this character regardless of, of um, their beliefs or where they're coming from politically or intellectually or spiritually. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's a real people connector and we, we gravitate towards that work. Yeah, because at the end of the day, we all want to connect and this, this mm-hmm. character is particularly looking at you know the connection with our family and things like that that I think are really relevant for most of us and it's I haven't seen it so I'm so excited I've read it and I fell in love with just reading it so I'm really excited and arrives here tomorrow so we are yes so uh, off book and ready to go that's right (laughs) so it's it's going to be really wonderful and I'm excited to bring my children to it and just invite Mm -hmm. the you know, community, anyone will be able to um, just enjoy the performance and then we'll have a conversation afterwards, which is something that we do a lot. Okay. And that will be fac- facilitated by Pat Tetro, who's one of our board members and also um, with UNL's LGBTQA Center. And Pat is founding director. Founder director, yes. Yeah. Um, and just Pat's the most amazing person, and so... I um, want to be Pat when I grow up. <laughs> <laughs> we all want to be Pat. Yes, we all want to be Pat. <laughs> so Pat also will facilitate that conversation with everyone, and those are also so um, just impactful and wonderful and another way that we all connect, so very excited yeah <laughs> and this is free this is a free performance this right? is actually a ticketed performance oh, it's ticketed. Yeah, I'm but sorry. very affordable okay <laughs> and we uh-huh. never turn someone away that's who right. shows up and says hey i'm here and i want to see this yeah so, oh, that's know. wonderful we that's, have um, ample of complimentary tickets that we also offer oh, as part wonderful. of it so yeah reach yeah. out if you if you want one yes yeah. exactly well and i know you you sometimes do the free events Absolutely. just like the one you did in september so that's great for people to watch for yes. that's right and we have been so um we are so fortunate for our partnerships and fundings and friendships that allow us to put forth quality artwork and make mm-hmm. it inclusive with easy access points so we we certainly um have been blessed with opportunities to share theater in affordable or just um, completely free ways. Absolutely. So how did you come to decide on this being your season? I guess I'll just kind of start us off with that. Like, are, are you the programming... Deciders. Becky, uh, well, <laughs> Becky is really, even though her title is executive, we don't have an artistic director. So yeah. Becky, you know, functions as our artistic director. Mm-hmm. And the, so Becky curates our season. But of course, um, you know, we're all super excited about it. So, um, yeah. Do you want- yeah, we could talk a little bit about that. So yeah. in curating the season, you know, I think we're always looking for um new work that sort of approaches the world from a different lens than we're used to looking through. Um, We like to sort of create juxtaposition in our season. So first first show out of the gate is this non-binary children's book author. Mm -hmm. And then our next show is a commission that deals with the letters of a World War II soldier who helped liberate Dachau. So we are yeah. literally mm-hmm. sort of hopping all over the place. Certainly. Um, 
And basically it comes down to what sparks an interest or a passion in us, what we know we can accommodate at the highest level in terms of quality and value for our community, and um, trying to lay a kind of framework that welcomes people from all walks of life and every corner to come forward and understand that in a creative process and in the arts, there is a place for everyone. So we're just trying to continue to crack open that door and really leverage the power of invitation. And frankly, we're very happy at Blix. I mean, it's almost a value to throw stuff against the wall and see what sticks. (laughs) You know, we're willing to take risks. We're willing to know that some productions um, are moneymakers and some are not. We are really more motivated by passion and purpose than anything, which, you know, most nonprofit people are. <laughs> so um, we, we just like to put a variety out there and try to leave the door open and continue to crack it open for folks that are theater lovers and people who can't maybe imagine themselves sitting through a play. Right. Yeah. So do you have people who, are you going to do like a, a season ticket holders or are you doing just one one production at a time? Right we do now? one production at a time, but yeah. we will have um, an opportunity to become members. Yes, we're doing ah. we're doing an upcoming yeah. membership campaign, and in the future, in future seasons, once we're more, you know, we've been around since 2015. We started our nonprofit affiliation in 2018. Then the pandemic hit. Yeah. This is our first time in a production space that is all ours since the pandemic. And so we have opportunities to grow things like that out. But really at the heart of what we're doing right now is trying to make space for creative people who are looking for that place not only to fit, but to shine and put their creative talents to use in Nebraska and the Midwest. And so we'll be launching very soon a campaign that we like to call Weirdos Welcome. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. That taps into the idea that we're all a little weird. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And we need a safe place to be weird. Right. Yes. And yes. that's Blix. Yeah. So, I mean, that's certainly where we got started, is Petra and I are big weirdos. Yeah. And, you know, <laughs> we, we hey. don't really like to ask permission and we don't it's like been hard to, to find our fit and yeah. she's swedish and i was born in the ozarks <laughs> and you know we're just weird so, <laughs> so we're we're just trying to like send out that beacon for other weirdos yeah. to say yep. you know we can we can have a home and a career and a life that's artistically yeah. fulfilling right here in nebraska absolutely i love that you guys are doing this together and I, I mean, really, it's so nice to, to have somebody to rely on. Oh, for, my goodness. I don't uh, even know. Like, I every day, I just think, it's like a marriage in a way. I mean, we, we are. Have, <laughs> we, we have our men at <laughs> yes, home, but do. this is a very valuable marriage <laughs> that we have going on here. I think it's unique. You know, like, when you find that creative yeah. um, partner, like, that is really hard to find and it's not um, something to take for granted so certainly we feel it every day and although we are very similar in many ways we also have distinctly different skill sets in other ways so it means that we can kind of complement each other and things that I'm like oh I don't want to touch that bag's like oh I'll do it and kind of vice versa so it's really works well uh, for gaining momentum and having fun and kind of I yes trying to do it 
I could not do it on my own 100%, and I just... No, yeah. neither of us could. This organization really requires both of us to have, you know, our hands on everything. And as we were discussing before we came on mic, Peter and I did not like each other when we met. <laughs> we were called yeah. together um, by Tony Kushner, of all people. There was an event featuring Tony Kushner that centered around angels in America and a conversation that was happening okay. at the university. Yeah. And Petra was new to Lincoln and came in from um, the lead center, and I was working for the Johnny Carson School. And I remember going home and speaking to my then husband and being like, oh, my God, this is an ice queen. <laughs> and who names their kid Petra? And, <laughs> and Petra can tell you what she thought, which is just as offensive. <laughs> That's so funny. Who is this person with the weird hair? <laughs> <laughs> and I, I honestly think, in retrospect, we, we reacted like magnets. Like, um, we felt yeah. so strongly, probably subconsciously connected mm-hmm. that it yeah. went first to... Um, Where you I, kind of have to yeah. like distance yourself. And I think we're trained as women to be threatened by other women mm. and um you know we we don't subscribe to that at all no like at this yeah. point so much of our work goes into championing um people beyond your usual suspects but yeah. i think sure. there's a little bit of that in us and then i think it took one production mm-hmm. a production that i had written that was um premiering at the Lead Center in like 2009, 2010. Yeah, that's exactly right. Petra was the education director there, and we actually sort of like fell platonically in love over a theater process. Oh, and then yeah. we could see each other through our work. Yeah. Sure. And that made all the difference. Yeah, and then in 2016, we both left the Lead Center because we were like, we think we can do this for ourselves wow. and do it without having some of the limitations that are imposed when you're at right. uh, kind Any of kind established of brick and mortar or right. university, you know, the, the sort of um, bureaucracy that right. that unavoidably comes with that. Mm-hmm. So we yeah. thought, you know. Yeah, we understand. Now, just like we were talking earlier with the podcast, we, yeah. we just want to be our own independent selves. For sure. Yeah. We totally get that. Yeah. yeah. And sisterhood is so important. I, I think some of, um, you know, I think... We don't learn it enough, and mm-hmm. probably some of my biggest some of my biggest enemies are probably women. But it it is <laughs> you're right. It is because they see someone else as a threat, or they don't like one thing about them. So now they're gonna try you know try to destroy like their hair, <laughs> <laughs> which has been weird these fifteen years since. Still the same, <laughs> and I love it. <laughs> of the whole dehumanizing process that we have you know just going on in our nation today it is just another aspect of it like we're just not seeing each other as people but once you guys saw each other as people with that shared interest and I think it's really um actually very interesting that you have the same interest but you also have the same drive and commitment and I think Mm -hmm. sometimes that is the hardest part to get to is to find someone that's like you and is also committed to the same thing that you Mm -hmm. want to be committed to I think something that's really we've been really fortunate about is that no one here will drop the ball and it doesn't matter if I, I mean 
we we allow room for one another's humanity. Yeah. If yeah. one person is having a really hectic or tough week with all the multiple workloads that we carry in the arts throughout the state, then the other person steps up and takes over. And there's, you know, I know Peter and I both have expressed to each other, oh, I hope I'm doing enough. Or, <laughs> you know, we're both doing yeah. enough all, all the, the time. time. And we always have each other's back. And as our staff has expanded, because we've added a remarkable new staff member. And mm. it's really our first after being yes. a partnership for yeah. so long. Really cool. Yeah, it's so cool. And we are so lucky for them. And um, yeah, we have... Yeah, Rihanna and Summer. Yes. Yes, that's right. yes, both awesome, awesome people. Oh. So Yes, and now we say, what would we do before? Yeah. I know, we don't even know what we did before. So, <laughs> so how did fantastic. we do it? <laughs> That's got to be really satisfying to be able to, to, to be successful enough. It's like, hey, we need more people. Yeah, it is exciting. And I think it's just in terms of personal growth, it's it's knowing you don't have to do it all. And I think yes. Petra and I are have both learned over time because we've seen so many people live unhappy trajectories in the arts that want to control everything and kind of lay down this iron fist. I've seen that just in any business owner. Yes. They, they can't give up an ounce of control and they don't know how to trust anybody. Yeah, that's right. And they, and they just kill themselves. They kill themselves or they kill the person who is trying to sort of make their own mark. And we decided early on, first of all, and we made a deal with our friend Steve Barth, who's yeah. the artistic director at uh, Crane River and Kearney. Okay. If we nice. if we start to get like old and cranky <laughs> and like controlling, we're gonna tell each other. Yes. Oh, yeah. then, but at the end, you know, that's kind of a joke. But at the end of the day, we know we're better when we actually make room yes. for other people to make some of our decisions. Right. Yeah. Um, we want that outside influence and. Mm-hmm. Um, it only makes us stronger. Yes. We, we don't we don't have to do anything, and the world doesn't need us yeah. <laughs> to do everything. There are other people yes. with gifts and talents right. to share. And we, we just crave collaboration. We yep. love it. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Well, and I, I think too, you're both young, and you understand, you know, just how the power of social media and how to utilize it and and make it work True. for you. That's so kind. We're, we're relying on our young people too. We're so fortunate at Blix that I would say that our majority demographic is 20 to 35. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. And um, the energy that they bring yeah. and, and all that they have to teach us is, you know, a learning curve that we're willing to kind of like slip and slide through yeah. <laughs> to, try, <laughs> to try to connect with, with more Nebraskans. So, yeah. you know. We're learning about the TikTok yes, and the, and the yeah. reels and the Snapchats. And, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Hey, it's, Those are some, we yeah. got to do it. Yeah. yeah. And it's part of it. I know. And There's a few I'm not ready to. I know. <laughs> and well, and Sherry and I were just talking about this, or maybe, was I talking about this to you? I, maybe it was you. We're, we're, we're old enough where there's there's sort of this line now that, that we're starting to start to see sort of pre and post internet. Mm-hmm. And I mean, internet sort of is all encompassing because everything's the internet now. Right. The phone, everything's the, uh, we're using it for, for everything. Yeah. And I think socially, I don't think we've quite realized what it's done to us yet. Yeah. yeah. I think we're starting to figure out what it's done to us and what it is doing to us. I think it's very interesting. I do too. And it's, and it's, and I was just, oh God, I don't know who I was talking about. I thought it was, I was we talking with you about it. We talked about TikTok a little bit. Yeah, yeah. Because I asked it, you what pirate 
um, talk. Pirate was, talk was a thing. I think that's yeah, yeah, the yeah. Conversation we had. But uh, and and it happened early enough, I think, at least in our lifetimes, that it still it still feels like the internet is is my thing. Are you guys still there? Yeah. But it, it's new, but it's still my thing. Yeah. I don't feel too old for it yet. I, I I know there are certain things as you get older, when they hit, they don't feel like they're yours anymore. Yeah. That's right. Sure. I feel like at a table of Gen Xers, yeah. we were enough on the yeah. cusp of that. Yeah. That, and, you know, also as Gen Xers, we don't take ownership of it. We share it with the boomers and the millennials. Yeah, we exactly. just say, hey, no, I'm here. No, we don't need anything as Gen Xers. No, no, we got Don't mind us. Can, can we carry the thing? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <You know? laughs> That's like our generational tagline. Don't mind us. Yeah, don't mind us. <laughs> we'll, we'll fix it. We'll do it. Don't we'll, mind us. We'll do our own thing. Don't yeah. mind us. I am claim the 80s music, though. Yeah, oh, <laughs> always. Yes. Nothing better. I'm yeah. raising my children on 80s music, yeah. and I'll never apologize. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's crazy. I know. It's it's. I know. It's it's high school all over again. Yeah, it is. <laughs> I love it though. Online. But yes, no. But but the whole social media thing is so important. It's huge, it and is. it's kind of everything. And especially when you have like no money to advertise. Well, and I feel like. And where do you advertise? Yeah, that's mm-hmm. for, well. I mean, yeah. where are people looking? Ninety yeah. percent of the time, there they're looking go. at their phones. There you go. And I also feel like there are there are kind of two um, there are two things happening in that maybe can people are connection starved because of technology. But I think it would be remiss to assume that this younger generation isn't capable of connecting over technology. I think we're connecting differently. Mm -hmm. Yes. And so, I mean, it's the way that you see meaningful friendships form on social media from people who have never met face to face. My daughter has done it several times. Yeah. (laughs) So I I try to stay open to that as we think about our social media being very intentional, authentic, and sincere because I don't want to take for granted that, in fact, a new generation does feel impactful connecting happening mm-hmm. yes. over social media. They do. And that's really what we want to do. I mean, we are, at, at the end of the day, we're all about invitation. We really, we're not as interested in selling tickets as we are connecting to people yeah. through the arts. Yes. And so if we can connect yes. to that younger person that maybe isn't comfortable picking up the phone or isn't ready to have that conversation face to face but there's something that resonates with them you bet we're going to shift that out there and yeah. see if Absolutely. see if that helps invite them into the arts. Yeah. And we have kind of an exciting project coming <gasps> up our, our mm-hmm. did, um, early 2023 it's written by another one of our playwriting fellows mm-hmm. from Ooh. last year uh, Ryan J Furlong and it's called the processor and it explores Ooh. the so part of it's written by Ryan and part is written by artificial intelligence uh, and so it's really oh, looking wow. at those like um, oh. kind of, I mean obviously not social media specifically but what we're talking yeah. about the kind of and so it's um <laughs> we're just uh, like drooling. Yeah, we drool when we talk about this project <laughs> right. because it's so um, it's so exciting to us, and we know yeah. that you know. It's, and Ryan's it's really, young. Ryan's yeah. twenty-one or twenty-two. Brilliant okay. young writer. Yeah. And Perfect. the thing is, it also kind of taps huh. into the turning test a little bit, and there's an element. Um, I never like sort of forceful audience participation, but there's this element where the audience has the opportunity to vote on what they hear and whether it's being created by a human or by 
AI, and then they're either rewarded or sort of reprimanded, oh, okay. <laughs> depending okay. on whether or not they get it right. right, right. And I mean, it's so innovative and generationally, I would never think of that. Yeah, so we just love that. You know, like we talked about with yeah. having um, so many young people involved in our organization and right. like that. We can't afford not to have that weirdo yeah, Ryan that's with oh us. God, you yes, know? That's Weirdos, welcome. Please. Exactly. <laughs> so we're um, just fortunate. Oh, wow. That's going to be really interesting. So does that mean that part of the script is going to be delivered like in an AI or is it is it, he's delivering all of the lines he he will or, deliver the lines and you you just have to decide what is um there is a voice there is sort of an offstage voice that happens but um you really don't know you have to decide what's real and what's not real and I think mm-hmm. part of it is um Ryan's commentary on as a young person about our relationship with technology and how we decipher what's real and connected and what's yeah. false and created to sort of target us right. or to call us into mm-hmm. something. Right. So I am just fat. He's yeah. wonderful. That We're really fascinated neat. by that yeah. work. Wow. I love that you guys are doing just so many new works That's and really I can't cool. even imagine, I know history Nebraska has come to you and said, Hey, mm-hmm. we want you to do this project. Oh, yeah. um, and, and that's going to be the not too, fa- not too far distant play. Um, how does it how does it work? Somebody just comes to you and says, "Hey, can you write a play?" And you're like, "Yeah, sure, I can write a play." Yeah, we do that and, here. <laughs> well, sometimes. <laughs> I mean, yes, it happens. No problem. It happens like that sometimes. Um, but generally, you know, we are so relationship driven at Blixt, and we are really invested in our state and have between us and together had the opportunity to work with so many other organizations and communities and um, that particular project just started with a conversation that I was called into because uh, an amazing woman Beth Doten who is a PhD candidate at the University of Nebraska at Lincoln has spent 20 years curating the letters of Holocaust survivors and liberators from World War II um, onto an online portal. And actually, if you just Google Nebraska Stories of Humanity, you have access to these. But there's one gentleman, Clarence Williams, who was a medic in World War II, part of the Rainbow Division, 42nd Infantry, who wrote letters daily to his wife, Gretchen, um, and ended up being a part of the division that liberated Dachau. Mm. And so for the launch of the portal, there was an exploration of um, maybe sharing some of these letters. Mm. But I was invited into that conversation and couldn't help but say, you know, I think we could like make it bigger. (laughs) What if if we did this and this and this? And so that created a collaborative conversation about possibilities Mm. and ultimately ended up in a partnership and um, commission. To write, not too far distant. So I was gifted in advance of the launch of the portal, uh, Clarence's letters and photos and documents. Mm-hmm. I mean, 400 plus assets that were available. And from that, started to piece together a story based on his letters mm-hmm. that now is about a 80 minute piece of theater. Cool. And Blixt is working yeah. with Humanities Nebraska uh, history Nebraska, Nebraska, um, Nebraska Cultural Endowment. Yes, and wow. um, 
Beth and the Portal and also the Institute for Holocaust Education. Oh, and we have nice. some awesome um, local um, supporters as well. So right. the kind of, um, yeah, this, this partnership grew with all these amazing partners that we're so excited to work with and everyone just kind of bringing their expertise uh, to the table. And, and an educational initiative yeah. within that, which we're so very excited about. So that um, there'll be awesome educational resources, both for teachers who want to teach more around these issues, mm-hmm. but also community groups. Of course, we're inviting vet- our veteran po- um, population as well. And also uh, really welcoming young people because part of the commission was bringing history to life. And so that's what you know, not too far distant, which of course didn't have a name at the beginning. So that, that probably happened sometime, maybe this summer even. I think it did. Because yeah. <laughs> I think I was in Sweden. <laughs> you let me know. It's like, hey, Petra. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, so yeah, that, but like Becky said, starting with relationships and partnerships and then all of us working towards the same goal of getting, telling the story and at Blixt, our specialties is kind of you know that Becky is the playwright and then we're producing it and then our other partners bring their expertise from you know history and Holocaust and we all come together to then share this with the state so we're pretty and then of course um, we have not only Lincoln and Omaha performances, but we'll also be at the Golden Husk in Valley County, one of our favorite places. Our, yes. our home away from home. Yes. Yeah, yeah. that's, that's in Ord. That's yeah. right. Okay. Yeah. And we're um, getting interest daily. So this is really a long-term project for us. Okay. Um, beyond the performances that we have scheduled for this fall, we're keep planning to, um, to offer it to those other communities who want it, but who may, you know, who've just learned about it and so okay, you know okay. we'll we'll keep uh, sure, keep, keep sharing the story and, yeah absolutely yeah. so that's november 3rd at the jewish community center in omaha november 4th at the history nebraska museum in lincoln and november 11th at the golden husk in ord mm-hmm. that's right oh wow yes. yeah so, and is this going to be kind of similar to like putting in the grumble where you, you'll just be able to to maybe produce it in other places at other times that's absolutely so that's kind right of a plan for it mm-hmm. so yeah. yeah that's great because otherwise you'd just be playwriting all the time like <laughs> oh you my god <laughs> and you know right. every every time share it all. every time a, a script is sort of complete after the multiple revisions and we get it on its feet and tweaks are made um you know i always go through that process of thinking i don't I don't know if I can ever write another play. And then an opportunity comes up, and I'm like, oh, gosh, I don't know. And then I'm like, I'm on fire. (laughs) I get really excited. And then at the end of it, somehow there's another play. So so it can kind of like go too fast if if we don't find ways, again, to to make that entry point accessible, to take the time and share the work. And, of course, new theater is Mm -hmm. so collaborative. So there's so many artists that come on board that help shape that mm-hmm. first production and so I think we relish that yeah. sort of growing yeah. something with a group once once that script is in place absolutely and yeah. we know that sometimes people come to a show and they go oh I want to bring this now that I've seen it I think this would be a perfect fit right. for my community and we don't want to say oh sorry we're done yeah that's impossible always you know want to have that long-term perspective right with the projects where we have um, such amazing collaboration around and just really, you know, 
maximize it. Mm -hmm. And I noticed in your auditions, and I know we talked about it before, but Mm. in your auditions, you, you, you state that this is paid, this is paid work Mm -hmm. for Mm -hmm. actors. Yes. So all our, um, all our work is paid. And we um, thank you. <laughs> well, thank you. <laughs> we think it's really important, and um, we have always prioritized people over stuff. Yeah. Because we know that creative people can do a lot of exciting things with stuff. Yeah. And we'd rather pay them than just go out and buy all the latest, greatest, whatever. We can create that together. Yeah. yeah. We make stuff. We make yeah. stuff. That's right, and we make it here. And I think um, it was really funny when Peter and I got started, we were both divorced. We didn't have much to our names between us, but our, our mission when we first started and, and we started kind of as an LLC and mm-hmm. then said, no, we are such nonprofit people. We got to start mm-hmm. our nonprofit. But it was n- our battle cry was no more starving artists. Yes, that's we right. were so tired of that narrative. Yeah. And the worst part is I feel like if we perpetuate that narrative, narrative as artists, no one's going to change that for us. That's right. We've, exactly yeah. right. We've got to help demonstrate and educate and collaborate in ways that show the true value of the integration of arts into all parts of yeah. civilization and humanity. Everything from, okay, entertainment to economic development mm-hmm. to healing and health. Mm-hmm. And if we're not, as artists, willing to help steer that sh- ship and... Um, be intentional about that mentioning or that messaging. How can we have the expectation that people outside of our world are going to know exactly. that? Exactly, right. because I'm sure you've heard it too, where people say, "Oh, but it's you know, it's not paid, but it's exposure." We're always saying, "Well, you know, <laughs> yeah. exposure doesn't pay rent, it doesn't buy groceries." Yeah. Right. And you would never say to a lawyer, "Like, hey, would you do my taxes?" Because that would be great exposure for you. Yeah. Like, I'll mention you to my friends. Yeah. That, so right. it's kind of yeah. something that's more right. for our industry mm-hmm. and we really mm-hmm. want to shift that because it's we know particularly i feel now after the pandemic that the skills and experiences and talents that artists and creatives have are what everyone's looking for whenever there's a gap where people say oh we've created this but we can't connect with the people or there's something missing it's always where the creatives can come in mm-hmm. and fill and f- make it work right. and so we can't undersell that because yeah. truly in every creative uh, in every industry what are people looking for problem solvers collaborators yeah. right people thinking outside the box everything that creatives have people so, who are unafraid to be present and authentic in a moment mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. safe mm-hmm. spaces for yes. people mm-hmm. healthy risk taking mm-hmm. all yes. of that's what creates you know vibrant communities and amazing so it's so we just need to like put a stop to the idea that you know working for free is okay we're gonna work for free and we're so poor and everything's terrible you know we just we can't yeah sure it is if we let it be exactly (laughs) now at the same time that i say that i feel like our generation of people in nebraska we are just scratching and some days clawing the surface (laughs) of what that work will be over time. But I'm hoping, you know, I've, I've once heard that, um, leadership is planting a tree that you'll never see grow. Mm. And I'm hoping that we're planting that, you know, that we're going to make it easier in 20, 40, 60, a hundred years for creatives in Nebraska 
to have value, know their value, and for people who currently sort of dismiss artists to understand and desire to utilize their specific skill sets to make art community and state a better place to be. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I noticed that about Blix, that you have always kind of centered around the community piece of it. In fact, I want to say prior to your space here, you, maybe in, prior to the pandemic, you were doing other things besides performance art. Is that correct? I know you were doing some, but there were some mm-hmm. other things that were happening. We do a lot of things that um, sort of grow beyond production itself. And so I think maybe the most articulate or clearest way we've come up to um, talk about what we are is a um, theater arts community development hybrid because we do a lot of work with communities Mm -hmm. to help integrate arts into different parts of development. So that might be... um, creating a nonprofit in a community that may or may not be arts related, but that visioning and mission statement and creating values. We might use um, pedagogy that stems from theater and the arts to help unlock that with folks who maybe don't think of themselves as creative, but of course are. Um, We do a lot of work in terms of asset-based community development. So asset mapping um, strengths, sort of how you identify individual talents and leverage them for the greater good of the community. Um, We try to support communities who are doing brave, courageous, innovative things. And, you know, a little known fact that I hope continues to sort of make itself more um, audible and out loud is that there are some pretty cool progressive things happening throughout greener Nebraska in our art scene. Mm -hmm. It's very easy when we live here to kind of get caught up in the eastern end of the state. But, Mm -hmm. you know, I could name 10 communities right now who are doing really cool arts and cultural innovation in their places. And so that is something we cannot overlook, especially because we have this wonderful history in Nebraska, this pioneer spirit. Mm -hmm. And oh my gosh, doesn't it take that sort of like proving up homesteader attitude to have a life in the arts, you know? Yes. You got to be willing to plant some corn <laughs> in an iceberg, yeah. you know? Well, so, yeah, and then make it grow. Yeah. yeah, exactly. <laughs> so we um, we definitely have a love affair with, with the great. state. Yeah, we do. For sure. Mm-hmm. And and like you said, it's from the outside, it may not seem like it's um, performance-related, but it's always um, like creative-related. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's, that's so encouraging to, to see because you're both – you weren't – raised here and yet you came here and you just love it and that that's just really encouraging to see how special of a state that we have Mm -hmm. we really do i think it's um such a such an underrated place for creatives and that's the key is if we can help communities um you know it's always hard to see what you have when you're living it it's like people yeah. who drive by the rockies every day and are like oh yeah. there's the mountains, yeah, there's the mountains. <laughs> but we go and we're you know our mouths are agape yeah. <laughs> looking at these wow, beautiful things yeah. nebraska's the same we are it's so affordable to live here our education is great we have mm-hmm. these 
big open skies. Mm-hmm. And Stephen King writes about us because we're weird. Yeah. Not there because we're normal. Sure. No, he doesn't write about normal stuff. <laughs> yeah. So. Well, and that's and, and and to your point about the, the the art scene here, not being from here. When I came here, I was shocked between Omaha and Lincoln, just in that area. And then as we started doing our thing, we look even more beyond. Mm-hmm. And we haven't even scratched the surface. No, we haven't even scratched the surface. I was completely floored. I was completely floored by the amount of arts that that is happening up here. Nebraska. Yeah, Yeah, there's so many cool things. Does it come to your head? I know. Yeah, and like heritage Mm. tourism. Yeah. I think about our friends in Red Cloud and what the Willa Cather Center Mm -hmm. has done and... I mean, we have these amazing arts and cultural assets just sort of dotted throughout our communities that um, that several communities are doing a great job of saying, hey, look yeah. at this. Yeah. We want to share this. But mm-hmm. I think we can do that even more. And we can certainly do that more in Lincoln and Omaha. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I, I, I think, though... I've seen a change just because I, I grew up here and then I went away and, and ended up back here. But we had like a full-time band teacher. We had a full-time choral teacher. We had a full-time art teacher. Mm-hmm. Those don't happen anymore. So mm-hmm. so I think what we're mm-hmm. maybe experiencing is our generation that's grown up in this. And now this is kind of like normal for us, but I don't, I don't think that the kids are getting that. I mean, they're getting it outside of school, but it's as far outside as school of school. Goes, yeah. I think they're missing some of that. And I really worry about that. But with, you know, all of the creatives like yourself that are mm. out here doing things, I think that, you know, will help make up for more. it and they'll be able to experience yeah, it. I sure way. hope so. Yeah. We've been really fortunate to work in several of our local CLCs, which are community learning centers after school with students of yeah. all ages and grade levels. And actually this year, Petra, I'll let Petra talk about it because it's really her area of expertise, but we have a teaching incubator here in partnership with Nebraska Wesleyan where we're teaching um, Nebraska Wesleyan students from different disciplines to be teaching artists working in schools. Yeah, so in the after school program and lead clubs and, you know, we're starting, this is our pilot, we have, you know, pilot two years and this is our first semester, so we have a small uh, beginning, but the idea is that we'll have students from different disciplines kind of work together to lead a club. So you could have, yeah. you know, math and dance or, you know, those kinds of things. So, oh, but we want to make sure uh, kind of for sustainability that we can be a little bit of a um, just support for those younger teaching artists when they go into the after school clubs. So that if they have questions or they're not sure or something maybe wasn't going how they expected it that they're not kind of on their own but that we can be there and mentor them through that and provide the support both before with planning and then during as well um and so and it's obviously a two-way street it's not like we're teaching them everything they're you know teaching us in the process as well but it's a collaboration between our three entities to with the goal of having more uh, creative opportunities for the young students mm-hmm. at the local schools here. And of course, again, providing paid opportunities for for university students to then be able to explore that yeah. teaching and leading and their passions and so project-based learning yeah. which is so cool because then of course the kids co-curate or yeah. curate what they're working on which I think is another um, pathway to deeper connections when you know there's a big difference between doing to and doing with 
And we try really hard not to do anything too. We always yeah. want to do with. So with project-based learning with our teaching artists, that gives our students an opportunity to actually curate what interests them, and then we can support that, exactly. which is exciting. Okay. So we don't have a cookie cutter like, this is what's going to happen. <laughs> For anything. For anything. <laughs> right. Yeah. So it's, we, we have ideas, kind of this is how we could look, and then yeah. it will be planned together with those students. We can always say like, oh, the adult leaders and the student leaders. Yeah. Um, and, and what's also really interesting this year is that there are some specific things that teachers are seeing um, from the pandemic in terms of mm. student behavior. And of course, we're, think, we're like, perfect. We can address that through the, you know, creativity and performing arts. Like, that's perfect. So um, I think that's going to be really interesting to this, this year and coming year to kind of see how, how we can support um, the school and the students with these specific kind of knowing what what they're looking uh, for and then using um, the performing arts so oh, wow. yes it's very exciting and uh, we love partnerships and we've been working with the CLCs for many years so and so that's just on the university level right now so it's yeah our university yeah. students who are coming in as teaching artists mm -hmm. uh, for the elementary oh, and middle elementary. school students. Although we've worked for several years with the CLCs and um, helped train and accommodate different yeah. situations with teaching artists. But and this is really, what I love is the interdisciplinary focus of it because I think anytime that we can put people from the arts world with people of different disciplines and sort of gain that understanding and understand how we can make each mm -hmm. other better, that we have opportunities not only to succeed in terms of building the right environment for our kids, but also innovate. Yeah. Like what kind of awesome, I keep using yeah. weird, what kind of weird <laughs> collaborations yeah. come out yeah. of that? I love that. Yeah. Um, sounds like it's going to be great. Yes. So and then, of course, you know, those yeah. teaching artists can teach other teaching artists, and we just have right. more and more um, opportunities for our young people to express themselves creatively. Yeah, we really we really need that. I, I, I worry about the sustainability of it. So how exciting is that, that you're doing that for East, well, for Nebraska? And yeah. Yeah. So, well, and one, so you're going to be doing... Um, you're going to be doing not not too far distant, which you've written. Then you're also going to be doing a winter variety show called Kringle <laughs> in December. Kringle, Kringle. So one of my favorite things at Trader Joe's is the Kringle. Oh. <laughs> From Wisconsin. Yes. Yeah. And and Petra's Swedish, so she loves baked goods. Anything baked goods, great. <laughs> this is true. Yes. But what just I happens? Must be Swedish. Then. <laughs> <laughs> We're all Swedish yeah. today. We got Swedish in there. <laughs> Part of what's so fun about Kringle is we happen to have a world-class triple threat musical theater artist Michelle Ingle mm. so it's in Kringle right oh, Ingle perfect. is in Kringle perfect it is but um Michelle is a wonderful artist director singer dancer actor and a longtime friend of Blixt and um is going to curate this winter variety show. So once again, cool. while we talk about expanding our staff, it's also a real gift for us to have the um, opportunity to invite other artists mm -hmm. in to help 
um, create our season. That that is such a um, reaffirming thing for us. Yeah. We love it when when we know that there are others ready to put forth quality work that shares our values of taking care of artists and honoring our community and our audience. And so Michelle's wonderful, and we just don't know what to expect yet from that. No. <laughs> I mean, I kind of like envision Fantastic. a goat dressed like Santa. I don't know. Oh, wow. It could be anything, but as it's going to be great. And jingle <laughs> rhymes with Kringle yes. and Ingle, and yeah. I'm just like, what does yeah, it mean? Yeah, what does it all mean? <laughs> so Kringle's a surprise. Yeah. Okay. Just like a Kringle kind of Just like of a is. Kringle. Just and like a Christmas present. You don't know present. what's going to be inside. And not to be disrespectful, but filled with nuts. Filled with creative <laughs> nuts. <laughs> and we'll just... <laughs> yeah, we're excited. Yep. I love it. That'll be Perfecto. such a fun holiday It will holiday be so fun. Theme. Yes. Yeah. So then after that is the processor, mm -hmm. and then yes. you have some upcoming things with Puddin and the Grumble, which haven't been decided yet, but that is one that you did just recently this past That's right, just in April, summer. yeah, yeah. Puddin and the Grumble, and that was, uh, that was one that you put together, yeah? Yeah, it was uh, commissioned by the Lead Center in 2015. It premiered at the Lead in 2016. And um, David Von Campen is the composer. I wrote the book and lyrics. Cool. Um, in collaboration with our wonderful friends at Food Bank of Lincoln mm. and Clinton Elementary School. Yeah. Peter and I actually oh. had the opportunity. There's an amazing group of kids, fifth graders, at Clinton Elementary School that um, write an essay to be selected to help distribute food backpacks on oh. distribution day. Oh, cool. It's a real honor mm -hmm. for them um, to participate in the distribution and what we loved about that as we were learning about child hunger is how that destigmatizes the process mm. when um, when there are a lot of kiddos receiving a backpack and it's a cool thing to be a helper mm -hmm. with the backpacks and even a competitive thing even, yeah, yeah. yeah it becomes kind of cool so we That's had the cool. honor of working with a group of fifth graders who graduated from yes. high school last and, year and actually wow. stuff that we're still working with yeah so they're, they're, they're not still not getting rid of us we're like the creepy old ladies that show up at their weddings you know but um these wonderful kids simply reminded us what it was like to be 10 or 11 oh. again and so um the musical was was um written sort of around all the information once again of those valued shared partners that we have mm -hmm and premiered and um, then went on for a tour in Florida and West Virginia. And then um, our Neat. friends at Norfolk Arts Center yeah. actually reached out last yeah. year yeah. and asked us if we would reboot a new, a new like put in 2.0. Yeah. <laughs> so we shared that with about 1,500 kids in Norfolk uh, last spring. Yeah. And we had it was such an honor for us because we had been asked by our friends throughout the state mm -hmm. and region, you know, can can put in come to us. And at the time, we really didn't have the capacity because of our workload to remount that show for tour. And that opportunity in Norfolk gave us that opportunity. Yeah. So okay. then it's, you know, available. So we're going to uh, doing a run here at Nebraska Wesleyan, oh. our dear friends and neighbors. And we're doing a spring break camp with the, again, Community Learning Centers. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Because when we, when we partner, we partner. I love it. <laughs> we yeah. keep it. Um, and so we're going to do workshops 
during the spring break for students at multiple sites across the city and then we'll do a shared performance at the end as a culmination so students and families can come and see the show and we can talk and we'll have dinner together and then we head back to valley county and oh, do shows there wow. and then we're heading to missouri <laughs> oh so, yeah so is that your from from where you are from part well, of missouri this is very interesting actually we have a stop in my hometown, but I haven't lived there <laughs> for 40 years, yeah. and I don't know anybody there. Uh-oh. What's your hometown? Rolla. Rolla! Rolla? Yeah, I'm from Rolla. We know people in Rolla. Yeah. <laughs> I have a very good friend, Dr. Daniel Reardon. He's one of the professors at the Missouri S&T now. Now, yeah. yeah. He used to be a Missouri School of Mines. Rolla School of Mines. He's one of the professors at the English department there. Oh, and, that's so cool. Uh, yeah. And he also is a big-time participator a big- in the local community I, theater I uh, playhouse the rolla playhouse oh, right he is the co-writer of the their version of the christmas carol oh. that they're doing this christmas amazing and maybe we'll it. have to connect yeah. it'd be fun to meet him but yes yeah. he's a super great he's guy doing, him and his wife he's doing it with somebody from here though the director is from the um from yes uh, the the director of the rolla playhouse is um was it julie uh, 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 Suzanne um, with them. So we're yes. talking about yeah. Ozarks Actors, Actors Theater. Theater. There yes. you go. So yeah. that's our contact too. Who? Yeah, that's so. Yeah. So yes. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Danny's an old friend. Uh, Holy that's cow! So cool. that's yes. That's, how great is that? We're See? so interconnected. Yeah. Here. And, I, and we're trying to pull Danny in on our little project as well. And so. for any of that's our awesome. listeners who hasn't heard it from our first season, Daniel and and the people that he worked with at the School of Mines let us release their performance of the Christmas Carol that they did online as a radio play. Oh, yes, that Danny did the adaptation of. I'm taking a long time to say the things. But yeah, <laughs> but yeah yes. it, was like a, it was like their school radio that they did it for. Yes. And they did it in conjunction with the music department as well. And yes, and so Danny. Very cool. that, yeah. that is available and it is one of our most downloaded episodes. Yes, it is. Danny did the adaptation and yep. also played Scrooge. And I believe Danny's wife, wife played. Wife was in it, yes. She played a couple. I know she was Mrs. Cratchit and I think she may have played Mrs. Fezziwick. I think that so. is so awesome. Well, I am one of the few people from my family who did not graduate from the Missouri School of Mines. Oh, wow. Um, my dad is an engineer and was, I mean, I'm hometown say, people. Yeah. And my maiden name is Key. There was the Key Sports Shop there for oh, many wow. years. But we moved to Nebraska when I was five. Oh. And um, I have... Yeah, this oh, is your place. Always been a Nebraska kid. You found your people. Us yeah. weird people up here. These yes. weirdo Nebraskans <laughs> that I love so much. Hey, you know, it's yeah. not for everyone. <laughs> Glad it's for me. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, the good weird life. That's yeah. right. There's the new one. That's right. That's, I like that. So yeah, I like that better. <laughs> oh, thanks. Well... I could mention that we are already in the throes of developing a new script for next season Ooh. with multiple partners that actually focuses on um, the very relevant issue of early childhood development in Nebraska. Ah. And what's exciting about that work is part of the performance will be in English, part will be in Spanish, mm. and 
each part will be translated for both audiences. For both so, oh, wow. so it's not a matter of, for instance, a character monologuing in English and then in Spanish. It's something happening with an English-speaking character and then something different happening with a Spanish-speaking character right. and tracking the story through the different languages as a representative, an authentic representative of the folks who are early child care professionals throughout our state. So That's we really are just neat. embarking on that project mm -hmm. and that will be very exciting. Yeah. And some cool new works coming up next year. And we're just we're just rolling along we're here rolling, at Blix. Yes. Yeah. It. It's a beautiful space. I know you guys aren't quite finished with it. I'll, you'll probably have some some big party, I suppose, yes. when you're all Anytime ready. we have an excuse to throw a party, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we find that we Absolutely. go for it. So, yeah. And we want, you know, we're so excited to be part of this neighborhood. We love this North neighborhood. Lincoln, oh, my gosh. Awesome neighbors over at the Lux have been so welcoming and supportive. Oh, and we great. just feel very um, embraced by the community. Nice. And we're excited to to be here and to be able to open our doors. I mean, our, you know, we're outside <laughs> and interacting <laughs> with people. We've been part of several community festivals, but to truly be able to welcome people into our space is going to be a dream come true. Yeah. Nice. I mean, I, I, I know you both just keep really busy. I know, Becky, you keep really busy as a professor at Wesleyan. And did yes. you graduate from Wesleyan? I didn't. I was okay. a UNL kid. UNL, okay. okay. I've, and I've actually had opportunities. It's so weird. I have never, I am not an academic, but I've had the opportunity to teach at Doan University, UNL, and Nebraska Wesleyan. Oh, cow. Good for you. <laughs> Nebraska Wesleyan is such a good fit, and I'm an Ooh. adjunct there, but I... I teach their uh, playwriting classes, oh, that's nice. and I teach playwriting with um, entrepreneurship and an element of social engagement. Okay. So I'm trying mm. to teach our kids to write, workshop, produce, publish. You know, really, yeah. really find a way to um, bring their works to life, and they exceed my expectations. So it's wow. very exciting. Cool. Wow, writing is such a such a hard thing to do. So. I agree. I agree. Yeah. I, agree. <laughs> I agree too. It's I what I'm like talking about. It. Where you're like, uh, what? I know. I love to do it, and I love to read, but and I like to write. Right. But God. It's so, what's so your hard. one tip that you would give anyone who wants to write something? Like I would say, <laughs> drop any hesitancy and don't be afraid to write crap. Um, it it really is okay if the first five or six iterations are just terrible. Uh, there is not a play I write that the first iteration of is not terrible. But um, if you can trust that process, there will be strong bones in that iteration where I say, oh, this is what I think it is. And you just kind of have to drop that self-editor. Yeah. You, your yeah. brain literally cannot write and edit at the same time. Hmm. So give yourself permission not to edit and yeah. understand Anything can go away, yeah. but you just gotta yeah, get it on the page. Just get it and that's out why and I think down. journaling is so um, important, and why we should probably journal more. Because mm -hmm. if you aren't editing yourself, those thoughts are coming down, and and as you go back and read your thoughts, you're, well, it probably yeah. sparks a lot of creativity in people as well. I think it does, and just I think it uncensored. If if writers. Uh, and including everyone at this table, if we just remind ourselves that you don't have to be at a keyboard typing to be writing. Mm -hmm. You two are probably writing all the time. You are 
curating your story in your mind. And so trust that process as well and know that when you sit down, there is going to be something that goes from brain to fingers to page. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Right. Just more self-trust, I think, and permission to fail and write. I mean, I was thinking about the first skeleton for Not Too Far Distant, which has been a very quick process. And um, if I handed that to anyone, I would be horrified. But except I knew what I was doing, which was creating a kind of skeleton that I could dig out the next level on, you know? So it's just... Sometimes it's got to be real bad before it's real good. Yeah. <laughs> and that's what we're going for. That's Don't know if one. we're there, but we're working on yeah. it. <laughs> yeah. That's a good tip. Oh, that, that's yeah, a big one is. for me, self-editing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just just, just put it down. Yeah. Just put it be down. Be kind to yourself. Let go just of that. Just put it down. Yeah. I encourage people mm-hmm. even to use poor grammar, misspell things. Like just really get in get the habit out. of yeah, getting that stuff out yeah. and trusting your own voice instead of trying to sound like someone else. Yes, right. yes. You know, we do this, we screw up in this industry with actors. We try yes. to make them all look like Jennifer Aniston. And it's like, no, no there's no. 4,000 Jennifer Anistons lining up at that audition. And one you. Right. Go be you. I'm, I'm, I'm a huge proponent of that, just like that coffee cup over there. Yeah. Be yourself, everyone else is taken. <laughs> that's right. The same is true of your writer's voice. It's, mm-hmm. that's, right? That's absolutely true. Don't worry about emulating a tone Stop or thinking to be, it's got to yes. be a certain way. Just get you... The most concise version of you today yep. at this moment on that page. Yep. And see what you got. Yep. We haven't heard that story. The I bet one that's from helpful you. for you mm-hmm. even just in yeah. writing your music as well. Just anything. Yeah. No, it's, yeah. it's, it's, yeah. Just get it out. Just get it out. We don't write enough about our lives. I had an aunt that passed away and I, I asked my mom where her papers were because I kind of hoped, she was a great aunt, I kind of hoped that she had kept a journal about mm-hmm. her life, but... If, if it's out there, I don't think we know about it. But anyway. <laughs> well, it kind of ties back to Not Too Far Distant and these letters mm-hmm. and yes. the, both the handwriting, because of course the yeah. letters exist um, where you can see the handwriting, but they're also typed. So because for modern audiences, it's easier yeah. for us to read. You know, we have yes. a little harder time reading cursive. Cursive, cursive for sure. Um, but it, that personal like touch of, of, you know, someone's handwriting and then, like Becky said, over 400 letters that Clarence wrote to his wife actually preserved. So that, yeah, yeah so it's kind of, you know. That is. Yeah. <laughs> kind of the same. Yeah, I'm excited for you guys. I'm, I'm excited that you're getting to start this new this new chapter. Mm-hmm. I know the pandemic was probably not easy. I know you changed spaces somewhere in between there. <laughs> but yes, we did right before the pandemic. Right before, right before. Well, you yeah. got it in before at least. We um we actually and you know it it worked out in the end just fine. It was nice yeah. not to have overhead during yes. the pandemic and right. it let us do some wild, weird stuff. There you go. But we had um, a much smaller space that um, a gentleman drove through. <laughs> oh. Accidentally, oh, no. he he hit the gas instead of. Um, Instead of the brakes. Oh, no. <laughs> and it was sort of a, um, like, a half of the office was basement level, and then the windows to the ceiling were above ground, and they faced the parking lot. Okay. And he drove his truck into oh, it. Oh, no. Petra was out teaching poetry out loud, I think. Thankfully. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, yes, fortunately, neither one of us was in the office at the time, but you couldn't even reach me because I was out of service range. Oh. So I didn't even know this was happening. Oh and Becky was dealing with it um, on her own for 
yes, we had. Oh my god! <laughs> it was it was um, an ordeal. It was <laughs> an ordeal, but you know it, it worked out. The then. timing, yeah. the timing was okay, and. We're so fortunate in this space to have so much independence. Mm-hmm. That was um, yeah. a space that we were sharing with different office mates, and there was a shared restroom. And nah. here we can just kind of uh, spread out and be ourselves. Be yourselves, and yeah. That's yeah. really nice, yeah. And you both keep so busy, and Petra, you do so much for the Nebraskans oh, for the you. arts yep. on top of it. So uh, you guys are just two really amazing women that are making such a great dent into the, you know the creative space and bringing it to Nebraska. So, so for kind. sure, thank, thank you. We're super honored to spend time with you. We are oh, so, we're so glad you came. <laughs> yes. This yes. has been so fun. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks for inviting us to your, your new story. place. Yeah. Yeah. Thank thank you. you for coming. Come see us anytime. Yeah, we will back. for sure. Come we make something with yes. us. Yes, we absolutely will. We sure <laughs> need to do that. Yeah. I think that needs to happen. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well. Uh, thank you so much to uh, Becky Boson and Petra uh, Walquist. Thank you so much for uh, having us here at Blixt. Yes, thank uh, you. Our, our, our first time in the new space, and I'm, I'm sure Beautiful. we will be back. Yes. yes. I hope it's the first of many. Thank uh, you. Me too. Thank you. Thank, thank you. Gene, a one-person show written and performed by Ann Truca, opens Saturday, October 15th, and shows are at 2 p.m. and 7 p.m. at the Mill Bistro at Innovation Campus, located at 2021 Transformation Drive in Lincoln. For tickets and more information about Blixt and the rest of their upcoming season, go to Blixt.info. Thank you for listening and supporting the arts in the Platte River area and beyond. Please subscribe to our podcast so you are sure to catch all of our future episodes and join us on social media. We are on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Music for this podcast was used with permission by Screaming Skull Productions. See you next time on the Platte River Bard.